All right. Well, welcome to another episode. Is that what they call these? Episode? I think so. Yeah. Another, ep- another episode E of Pickleball Brief. I'm Robert Allen and David Feldman. <laughs> That's right. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, it's in the um, low week between Christmas and New Year's when everybody's doing fun things and hanging out and maybe uh, getting ready to go on a diet or start a workout plan. Yeah. Or if you're in the right place on the planet, you're playing a lot of pickleball. Yeah, everybody's everybody's eating a lot of a lot, probably way too much, and thinking. I got to play a lot more pickleball starting in 2024 and hit the gym. Yeah, here we're at. We're about to go off the cliff weather-wise for at least a little while. It's going to get, for the next couple of months, it'll get, um, you know, we have, luckily we have, you know, a regular place to play indoors a couple times a week for sure. And then we have the the local parks and rec. They've been redoing the floors and who knows what else. Maybe they've, they have a Christmas surprise for everybody. I don't know mm-hmm. what I don't know about that. I'm just guessing. But they're supposed to reopen up again soon, so people should be happy about that. You have, you have a private club near you, right? Yeah, we have a private club. That's where I play. It's indoor. It's nice. I, I actually like to... We have a... Our, our local park here did a nice four-court pickleball outdoor you know, facility. <clears throat> just the city built it. And it's really nice. So I like to play there in the summer, but in the winter, we go indoor because yeah. it just gets too cold here in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. We were out the other night and it was a little bit warmer and there was still a few people. We were out playing outdoors and it was nice. It was nice. Watch the sunset. All right. Cool. Well, let's jump in to what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, inching closer. We're just about just about there we're just about to be just about live to the world i want to talk about the pre-launch stuff that we've kind of been experiencing kind of like update everybody with where we're at and then just talk through some of the experiences we've had doing this because you know there's the good the bad and the ugly and everything and you know we've run into choosing to do everything digitally there's a lot of little uh, twists and turns that we have to navigate even just to get a newsletter up and out the door you think it would just be a pretty straightforward thing like just get a MailChimp account and just send it right mm-hmm. yeah that's not what we're doing but uh, do you want to do you want to speak to that a little bit about some of the things that you've been thinking about and and kind of working through and all comment accordingly yeah I think that um like you said starting an email so- or a newsletter sounds like a sounds like an easy thing you know, just write write some newsletters and mail them to people. Put a put a subscribe page up, which in theory it is. But you know, we we built we built out pickleball brief. I think on three we're on our third platform now. You know, fully built it out on WordPress, fully built it out on Ghost, and we've migrated over now to Beehive. We did we consider even, a few. We even did a stint on Substack. Yeah, we even did a stint on Substack. We looked into Substack a lot. There's reasons why we didn't pick Substack. The main one is they they want they want to take a lot of your revenue. I mean, Substack is going to take ten percent right off the top of everything 
you factor that in with uh, just the processing fees that you're going to get from Stripe or, you know, wherever else you're processing things. And, you know, you're 13, 14% just haircut off the top right out, right out of the gate of anything you do with a newsletter going through Substack. So that to me and to us, I think was a big barrier that we, we thought, meh. Can, can I can make a comment on that too? There's also, so Substack is like almost like community first. <clears throat> meaning that like it's a base of kind of uh, collective bloggers or content creators because they actually have the ability to do podcasting on there and videos now and stuff like that. It's a nice platform. It's, it's well-developed. The revenue thing is the main dissuader. The second main dissuader is like, it's very difficult to understand who's on there. And, you know, we're looking, we're going to cover this more later in the podcast, but we're looking for a very specific slice of the pickleball audience, and that's the trade. Yeah. I'm not sure how many, you know, successful or, you know, aspiring, you know, up and coming founders and CEOs are hanging out on Substack reading blogs on pickleball. I, I don't know. I, 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 my guess is that not many. Um, yeah. So that's, that's another reason why Substack was kind of nixed from the possibility list. Yeah. And we, we had the idea of going with WordPress just because WordPress offers the most customization, the mo- gives you the the largest, I guess, the biggest ability to really do things the way you want to do them, which is good. <clears throat> but there's a lot of just development there, development time, development cost, and you know, multiple plugin, like trying to piece together multiple plugins and all sorts of stuff to like get it running exactly the way you want it. And we found that there there are a lot of newsletter platforms out there that are that have already kind of bridged that gap, you know, really thought through a lot of the newsletter business problems and put it all together in one platform. Ghost was one of them that we initially gravitated towards. The one issue that we had with Ghost, or a couple issues with Ghost, and you can maybe refresh my memory if I'm missing any as well. But one of one of the biggest ones was a survey. Like you mentioned earlier, we're a trade publication and we want to be really, really focused on delivering content to industry professionals. This is, you know, this isn't for people that are trying to improve their game or just casual pickleball players that are getting into the sport. This is for legitimate business owners and professionals that need a playbook to help them scale, to help them refine what they're doing, to help them improve what they're doing. And so one of the main things that we wanted to do was put a, put a survey, an intake survey when people subscribe. And we're actually being very, very clear. I could pull up the wording, but we basically say, you know, big, bold letters, important notice. You know, this is a trade only publication. Do not subscribe if you're not a trade industry professional. We're, we're really trying to scare away those people. I mean, because to keep our, our readership pure, to keep our readership. Potent. To, I love that word. Potent. Yeah. To, to, to really ensure the quality of our readership and not just for us, but for, for the readers, you know, so that we can make sure that we're not trying to be everything to everyone. You know, we're trying to really filter at the very beginning so that we can, we can, you know, talk directly to those people. Anyways, the one thing we wanted to do is do an intake survey. Ghost didn't have that functionality, so we were trying to do workarounds to incorporate that into the intake process, the sign-up process. 
so it, it ghost ghost could do that legitimately but what so one theory that is just one thing that dave and i are always thinking about is like how do we reduce the number of things connected to each other that could break yeah we want, we want less tech in our tech stack not more uh for the work we're doing but we still have to have the functionality so ghost i still i still like ghost i still think ghost is a really cool platform i just think that like what we were gonna have to do in order to have that fully operate with what your vision is for you know how the content's going to go out how certain content's going to be you know behind a you know gated based on mm-hmm. membership uh, and then also like how we want to continue to talk to people and that's another factor which i'll just mention right now you know email deliverability was already a nightmare in the there's there's so many challenges with just getting to somebody's inbox um, yeah. because of how things have evolved on tech platforms. And then we're about to get another clampdown that's going to make it even harder starting in February. Google and Yahoo have decided that they understand, they're the all, all understanding smartest people in the whole universe and that they know what email deliverability should be. So it's going to be even more challenging Mm-hmm. We're going to have even more hurdles and it's going to be, we'll talk about that from time to time. Cause we need people when, when you subscribe or get on our list, we're going to absolutely, you're going to have to add us to your address book. You're going to have to white label us. You're going to have to say, yes, I've chosen to receive this email. So there's like that. And so we were looking at each of the platforms and their policies on that <clears throat> and um, how involved or disinvolved they were with it and how aware they were or unaware of it, how much they're, tech support already had updates or addendums to deliverability, understanding that these changes were coming. Yeah. So, so those were another wild card factor too, because we have to be able, this is our main gig is getting to people's inboxes for them to read the newsletter. So we have yeah. to be able to get there. So, and that's interesting. Or that's, you bring up a good point. I mean, that's going to be a critical point of interest for pickleball club owners. Anybody that's trying to get emails out to their, members they need to be aware of this change coming in february if you start if you start seeing you know if you start no you should you should pay attention because if you start noticing starting in february march that your open rates are going down that you're not getting as many you know you start looking at your analytics and you see that open rates are going down and click you know click throughs are going down and just things aren't happening this this would be probably the first place to start diagnosing the problem. Is- well, there, there's more ramifications to it than just that. And I'll, we'll link in the show notes a podcast that I listened to between the one guy was the head of marketing. He was the CMO for HubSpot, which is one of the largest marketing automation platforms and CRMs in the world. Yeah. And another young man, I forget where he was from, but they were talking about this. And as, as of the time they recorded that podcast, if you have on any given send 0.03% of your user base not take you out of spam or mark you as spam, you actually in Google and Yahoo now go to their email spammer hell. And there is no complaint department as of now. There's no uh, solution for finding your way out. You are automatically just relegated across platform as you know a naughty spammer. And listening to the way certain people process their inbox, a lot of people are 
didn't request this email, don't remember this email, it's spam, right? That's how they think about it now. And that's a pretty tough situation to be in. So I don't want to get on a whole thing just on email deliverability, but I'm telling you, it's, it's something for, as a business owner, probably need to get your head around and you probably need to understand what your options are. And then if you have anything to say about it, as far as like, you know, you're not like, I've already called, I've already called my local, uh, my local, yeah, I've called my local senators and I've talked to them about it as a business owner and said, this is not acceptable. We can't have like centralized decision-making around how businesses get into inboxes. So that's up to the individual. If the individual can't handle their inbox, then they shouldn't be an email or maybe they should get off of email. I'm not saying spamming is right either. Lord knows there's a ton of people out there that are just abusing the system and, and trying to leverage it because they don't want to do the other stuff that's required to get into a conversation. But in the end, like David and I always talk about, business is always about solving a problem. <clears throat> Can I help you, you know, solve an issue that you're having? But guess what? I don't, I can't have that. I can't know that unless we get in a conversation, right? So everything is about leading to a conversation so that you can determine if there's value there. And if there's value, then there's an exchange. And if there's an exchange, then there's commerce, right? And and we can fix problems and move forward. Uh, that's how the free market operates for those of us that still remember that. But uh, we really got off track here. So, uh, <laughs> so but back to, let's finish up the conversation about the platforms and kind of like where we're at and wrapping up. And then we'll get into some of that trade versus consumer stuff. I do want to talk about traditional business models, distribution, and then kind of like where we're at now with this sort of hybrid new frontier. But, but anyways, go ahead. Yeah. David, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Just finishing that up. I think, I think we're getting, we're getting really close to, to like, you know, we've already developed the editorial calendar. We've got about a three or four month runway on our editorial calendar. We're planning things out. We're actually collaborating with a lot of big players to, to get some, get access to, to data and to insights, industry insights that you're not going to find anywhere else. So this is going to, it's going to be really exciting. We did land on Beehive. Beehive gives us a lot of functionality. The functionality is still a little bit limited with Beehive, you know, as, as a guy who like builds things in WordPress and stuff, you know, you're always going to feel limited, but it, it does the job pretty well for what we're trying to do. I think it'll create a group, a good seamless, uh, user interface and user experience for our readers, which I'm really happy about that. that. That's the main priority. Like if we have to jump through some hoops on our, on the back end, as long as the user experience and the reader experience is flowing, seamless, enjoyable, that's really what we're trying to create. And yeah, I, I'm, I mean, we we will be going live mid January, a couple weeks. That's right. Um, one other thing I just want to touch on, I don't want to spend a bunch of time, but just a refresher because, you know, I'm not sure, you know, the the breadth and the depth of the listenership yet in terms of who's listening to this podcast. That being said, you know, we're in a time when a lot of traditional frameworks are being broken and uh, reorganized and restructured. And you know, when I grew up, I'm older than Dave, but when I grew up, I remember my first job, a guy sat down with me and he drew out on a pad of paper how typical distribution in any industry works. And he drew a big box at the top and he showed me a manufacturer who makes something. And then below that, he showed me 
he drew a box to another box, which uh, was wholesale sale. But under wholesale, you could have like distributors or jobbers or, you know, other volume distribution channels, right? And then below that were retailers or installers or people that actually were pushing products through the service sector. And so there was like this three-step distribution in essence, you know, three steps. He was touting that at that time that they were cutting out the middlemen. They were actually going factory direct and selling to the end, directly to retailers, which was blasphemy. It was like, what? Like you're not going to honor our, the distribution pattern. And then, so fast forward, you know, the internet hit and everything went out the window, right? People were selling direct, you know, left and right. You had basically, you know, entire operations, manufacturers became very, they became everything. You know, they, they were selling direct, they were handling distribution, they were, you know, doing marketing, they were doing everything, soup to nuts. And, uh, but some industries still held on to, you know, some form of that old model. So <clears throat> I'm just laying out that structure, but uh, pickleball so far, in my observation, is kind of like a two-step thing uh so far uh in the sense that you know you have the manufacturers who are varied in many and explained to me that they were 220 paddle manufacturers and uh that's not sustainable so we're in a, we're in an expansion mode which will will retract and or consolidate and then you have like a lot of people you know wanting to get into different aspects of the business i almost look at like the uh the clubs as a distribution point. So they're, you know, they, they're, they're a place for product manufacturers and certain service providers to distribute their goods and wares. And then there's the service side of the business, which is, you know, the specialty stuff like, you know, training lessons, clinics, uh, tournaments, things like this. Right. And then whatever else is born out of that, and there will be other, other services. Uh, we, some of the more creative stuff we've seen is like pop-up uh, events, which is pretty cool for corporate events and for other stuff. And, uh, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff coming. So any comments on that? I just wanted to cover like, you know, so the line between consumer, which is the end user, who's the pickleball player that loves it and is buying a paddle every, you know, six months, three to six months, you know, buying the apparel, wearing the shoes, you know, uh, buying the balls you know, all that stuff. They're the, they're the end user, right? So they're, they're the end of the, the chain there they're the ultimate consumer the manufacturers a lot of them are aggressively selling direct and then they're looking to wrap up these distribution points and i wanted to just talk about that because you know we're trade only like we are written for the manufacturers the club operators the service providers in between you know that could be an agency an association it could be you know sanctioning body it could be anybody who's in the business of pickleball other media that talks to the trade or even consumers, but has interest in like how the business side is progressing. Yeah. So we, we are a gated community that way. And I want to make sure that people understand that we don't write about the same things everybody else writes about. We don't cover the same things everybody else covers and we're cataloging and documenting the trade journey. And we, we you know, speak to and learn from and report directly back to the to the trade from you know current people in the field doing the business based on their direct experience 
you know, what their feedback is, you know, what they hope to have accomplished and then what actually happened. And so we've said that a few times, but I want to mm-hmm. put that sort of divide in there so people understand that. Dave, you want to comment on that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think, um, I think it's, it's valuable takeaways. Like, you know, we, we've said it a bunch of times that it's not consumer, it's trade only. But as we're curating content and deciding like what's most valuable to who, to our readers, that's what I want to keep. I want them to know that I want them to know that everything, all this information is, you know, just imagine just this like tsunami of information coming at you as a business owner. You have a million things to do. You're trying to run your business. You're trying to stay up with industry news. You're trying to figure out like how to manage your team. You're trying to just keep up with the the grind of running a business. Imagine if you had just like a filter that just like filtered all of that in and said, these are the key takeaways. This is what you need to know. This is how it's going to help you. This is how you can implement it. This is how it's going to, you know, this is, these are the options you have. These are the best options you have, you know, sort of filters like that so that it almost becomes an executive summary where business owners can rely on it, rely on pickleball brief to be your top analyst on your team. And as, as the editor in chief, like that's my main mission. That's my main goal. That's what we're trying to create here. That's what we are creating here. And so you know, this is for trade people and it's going to benefit them on an executive summary. You know, it's, it's like having a, it's like having an analyst on your team. That's how I yeah. see it. It's like a, there, there's a lot of, uh, we've seen a few of these already, but there's, uh, you know, and they're great. You should look them up and you should participate in one that you think is good in terms of like credibility and actual experience and you know the quality content they're providing but like a mastermind or like a 20 group that are you know prevalent in other industries but we're in your inbox every two weeks we're we're bringing that to you so so that's something to think about is like the, the potency of it and the specificity of it um in terms of like we're not you know, we're only talking about business and and helping you guys succeed at a high level because we want the other thing is why we're doing this is that back to tie that back to our why is this this is a very chaotic uh unstable industry right now there's a lot of stuff happening <laughs> there's a lot of things that could end up in the ditch <laughs> and there will be a lot of things that will not go well in the next year for a variety of different reasons for different you know, sections of, of the marketplace. But that being said, <clears throat> we want to be a foundation. We want to want to have people feel like when they come and, you know, look through or read it, you know, one of our editions that they, they feel like more grounded and they have a better set of options as a result of, um, of looking at the newsletter. So, and our content and, you know, if you need resources, like we're, uh, one thing we don't talk about very much, we're building, uh, what I think is probably the most comprehensive, robust database on the industry. So if you're you know, a premium subscriber, you'll get access to that. You can come in and you can actually source everybody that we've met, known, and cataloged and get good information on what they do and how they do it and you know, maybe establish some new relationships that way. So stay tuned on the unveiling of that. But that's part of that's part of it as well. Yeah. I want right, to say, so too, I, I was just going to say one last thing. 
you know, and I think we've said this a few times too, but I just wanted to clarify one last time is, is that nobody else is doing this. Nobody else is doing this at the level that we're going to do it. Period. Nobody else is doing it. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to provide a resource that is singular in like what it can de deliver. I already know this because of the, like the resources that we're tapping into partnerships we're making the information, the trade information. First of all, it just doesn't exist out there. It's just a bunch of fluff articles, you know, lead magnets, like how to start a pickleball business, you know, come on, <laughs> like just fluff. But this is going to be something that the industry doesn't have yet, which I think a lot of professionals will value that. Yeah. And I, you know, one thing I'll just mention on that, you know, I'm, I, I, I mentioned in the past, you know, my perspective on this, you know, my mentor, who I always like to now lovingly refer to back then, you know, he was a tough guy, but and he was a tough guy to work for, but he was very disciplined in his approach to doing what we're doing. There was zero compromise. And so like we would see a lot of people come in the marketplace markets that we were in and um they would try to be everything to everybody they try and walk that line and be like oh we're talking about consumer today we're talking about business tomorrow we're talking about and it just doesn't work you can't be half pregnant in uh, in trade you just can't you have to be all in you have to understand the language you have to understand the issues you have to understand what the operator is experiencing day to day in their boots you have to walk you know five miles in their shoes and understand it that's our commitment to you guys. That's what we're doing. So, yeah. So that being said, let's jump into. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because it it could be a point of friction the first time. Like people are like, oh, why do I got to fill out all those fields? Like, what you know? <laughs> that's the thing I see when I when I go to sign up for something. Like if I'm on Instagram scrolling and then I go, oh, this is cool, and then I click on it and then they're like, oh, uh, answer a few questions, and then it's like a you know a five minute survey. Like I'm not doing that. So. I'm just not doing that. I don't have that time. I don't know you. I don't know, you know, what you're doing with that stuff. And I figured, you know, when somebody hits our sign up, even if you're looking for a free subscription with us, you're going to have to answer a few questions. And so I wanted to address that up front early and often, right? Let's talk about why we're doing it that way. And so Dave and I have been sort of, you know, going through and really revising what we want to know and why we want to know it. And I thought we'd review that today and mm -hmm. just talk, talk through it. And then people can understand why we're doing what we're doing. Perfect. I'll just start out. I'll start going down the questions and you can, you can jump in so, and comment. And this again, so like if you sign up with us, like if you want to get on the newsletter, you're going to actually be asked these questions. You're going to, you're going to face this form and the form is going to be there asking you these questions. And it is a requirement. It is a, it is a, it is a entryway into what we call, you know, a trade only newsletter for the business of pickleball. And that's what we do. You know, we cover the business of pickleball. So if you are an industry professional, you know, you can come from a lot of different areas. Like yesterday I was talking to a pro and you know, he's like, can I get access? And I'm, 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 you know, I'm asking him like, well, how, how do you interface? He's like, well, I give lessons. I do great. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're growing your business and you're, you're an operator, you can get access. Right. So, yeah. but that's why they're asking these questions. So, anyways, Dave, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, no, you're good. I mean, form obviously starts out with 
some key information, name, email, phone, address. Let's talk about the phone and the address. So we're asking for a phone number, which is optional. It's not required. And if you're in business and we want to eventually potentially add you to the directory, we'd rather not do double data entry and capture all that stuff. We're not going to call you. We're not going to text you. We're not going to do any of that stuff. Yeah, we would never do that without your permission or opting in. But we do want to know who you are and you know where you're operating from. And that's the other thing too is your business address. Like where are you at in the world? Like what we're curious, like who's doing what where, so we can start to have better data to talk to what's actually happening boots on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would stress that point too, that it's it's even even the personal information is just data gathering really for the benefit of the reader so that we can start seeing who's seeing who's reading where they're at so that we can and you, we'll get into questions later that'll define a little bit of that too but and then after you go through that kind of basic information you hit the first question what type of pickleball business do you own or operate and there's a few options there like a facility or a club are you in retail are you in manufacturing are you in services meaning like are you a cult coach are you a consultant? Are you helping people like, are you consulting on people building up their, <clears throat> standing up their facility? Uh, like a pickleball non-owner. These are people that I would say like, are you, a, are you a director or are you a manager at an organization or a large company? Or maybe like the city of, you know, Idaho Falls and you're in charge of like building out a pickleball court or something like that. Somebody that's maybe like a non-owner, but still in Pickleball is your job, one of your, if not your entire job. Archery club, tennis and racket, yeah, facilities, things like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're a director at a, at a country club, something like that. Approximate annual revenue of your pickleball business, and then we have that anywhere from zero to one hundred thousand, up to five million plus, where you can kind of select that. Yeah, these are these are optional, but I think we're what we're trying to do today is just kind of give you the line of thinking of like what's behind it. The first question, you know, we want to know if, you know, if we have 90% facility club owners on up or sign up, you know, that's important information for us to know so that we can make sure that the content starts getting tailored to those people. If we have an even spread across, you know, all of those types of, of pickleball professionals, like we need to know that, you know, I, I need to know that as a person curating the, the information. I need to know who, who who's reading it. Revenue. We want to know how big these companies are. We want to know, are we dealing with multiple startups? Are, well, you know, is everybody that we're talking to startups? Is Are we talking to, you know, people that work for gigantic athletic clubs that are, you know, putting down millions and millions a year? Yeah, because there are companies that are in the industry that have been around for 150 years, whether people know that or not. But, you know, that that is such an important conversation right there around revenue. It tells us, like, where you're at in the business life cycle far developed are you like what kind of content proportionally should we be focusing on in terms of your stage of development you know and that's based on you know the size of the company and and the sophistication of the operators so yeah i mean it tells us a lot like if you if you're making five million dollars a year versus if you're making less than a hundred thousand dollars a year the not that any one of those situations is necessarily more hard or easier than the other, but they're different. And so you have to, you're facing, you're facing different obstacles and different 
you know, daily challenges when you're in the under 100K startup mode versus when you're in the 5 million and you're trying to refine things and you're really trying to dial in and tune in and refine to like squeeze any little bit of profit out of different areas or cut costs or different things like that. So it's, it's just a different mode. And again, all these questions are to give us information as the people who are your, you know, boots on the ground front line. We just need to know this information. So the next one is kind of, kind of along the same lines as the revenue, but it's the company size. So this gives us a little bit more information as well on your company size, whether it's one to 10 employees or a hundred employees, a couple hundred employees, you'll be able to let us know that. It kind of helps us know if you're in a bigger organization, if you're trying to manage people, if you're trying to interact with different organizations within your company, challenges like this, we would like to know about so that we can assist getting you through it. And Robert, jump in anytime you want. But the next question, is, is your pickleball business a dedicated establishment or does it offer other sports? And the options there, there's really three options that we have. There's pickleball only, there's pickleball in other sports, and there's pickleball in hospitality. These are kind of three of the main buckets that I would say most people will fall into. Most club owners, if you're a pickleball, if you're a pickleball business, if you're a pickleball franchise, pickleball is all you do. You know, you're you're in the pickleball business. If you're running a country club, an athletic club, if you're running a tennis and racket club, or you know, if you're a retailer that's that's you're, or your you're recreation facility that's expanding operations and putting courts in in your local community, you've already got like youth sports and things like that going, and now you're really going to go more in on pickleball. You know, you exactly. may want to know a lot of what we're sharing. So, and another. Another massive trend in pickleball right now is like the entertainment model or the hospitality model. Bars, bars are putting pickleball courts behind their building, but there's also gigantic entertainment franchises and they're, they're using pickleball almost like a top golf model, but with pickleball is kind of how I see it. You know, that's, that's a completely different industry. I mean, if you're running that compared to, you know, a pickleball only club. It's it's a different it's a different animal. There's ways for entertainment models to to really capture, you know, capture high quality pickleball players too. I mean it, it they don't have to just live alone on the casual, you know, date night pickleballer. They they can they can they can leverage that lead gen to really develop a high quality pickleball facility and environment for for some real pickleball players to feel at home so these are things we're going to talk about as we start diving into these the next one is how long have you been involved in the pickleball industry you know zero to one years one to two three to five five to ten ten plus just trying to get again this i met a really sharp young man the other day he's a pro for a very uh, successful startup in the midwest and he was 26 and he's been in the pickleball industry for nine years so he really has you know done his reps like he literally has seen a lot of stuff happen he was an advisor to the startup in the midwest there he actually now runs he's a general manager and he runs all of the clinics and tournaments and stuff like that 
So there's a lot of like seasoned, you know, young executives coming up. We want to know that stuff. We want to, we want to, I want to, we want to understand like how to, how to best communicate and who we're, who we're dealing with in terms of their level of sophistication. There's a lot of, you know, newbies coming in. This is a lot like, you know, other boom markets that have happened in the past. You know, everybody, a lot of people rushing in. And so we're curious, like, you know, where are you at in your, in your level of experience with the dynamics on the ground, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then the next question is, what industry trends or business challenges would you like to read analysis on? There's a, there's a saying that says, good inspiration is based on good information. And, uh, you know, when you open, when you open your inbox and you open the pickleball brief newsletter and you think, man, these guys nailed it. I, this is exactly what I've been thinking about. This is exactly what I need to know. You know, good inspiration is based on good information. If we can have good intel, what do you want to know? People, we want people telling us, what are you facing every day? We're, we're out there talking to a lot of pickleball owners and this is what I'm, this is what I'm asking them. People that are working add pickleball to their to their club people that are selling paddles or people that are developing software in the industry i'm asking them every time i talk to them you know what are you facing what challenges are you facing like what do you want to read about what would help you and so yeah we add it to the we add it to the intake form because we really want to hear from the readers like what do you want to know and that'll help us give inspired content to you that will make you think like oh wow this is exactly what i need yeah and and even though that you know pickleball's been around for a long time the business side of it is still in, in its infancy it really is i mean it really is a, a young market you know when you go to do data gathering from the major platforms and you look you look for like you know keyword hits and searches you look for specific seo type stuff on the different platforms or competitive analysis there's just not a lot of information yet most of it's consumer driven those are the bigger markets we, you know we have to develop you know that we have to do that as an industry we have to you know become mature and start to have our own resources for those different topics and those different interests and that's what we're doing yeah okay so the last the last question is, and we're to the end of the form here, is are you interested in advertising or promotional opportunities related to the publication? So there are going to be opportunities as we grow, as we grow the readership, that there's going to be a very consolidated base of industry professionals here that you'll have the opportunity to reach if you're interested in. So we just want we wanted to see if you're, you know, which of our readers, because we're dealing with manufacturers, we're dealing with retailers. And we're dealing with pickleball club owners that are going to want to be connected with these retailers. They're going to want to be connected with suppliers. Uh, we have consultants and coaches that are going to want to be connected with suppliers and be making deals and doing all sorts of things. So we're going to be a connection point for a lot of people. Yeah, I think you know it's just it's just another form of segmentation, right? So uh, one thing we found in doing our research is that, you know, when we reached out to some of the top blogs and, you know, looked at their advertising marketing opportunities, they did not have an option for us to get very specific around uh, the trade, 
it was, you know, they were selling eyeballs of the universe of pickleball players out there, which is fine from a branding standpoint. You know, you obviously need your brand recognition and identity out there. That being said, you know, we're more of like a, a, you know, we're not a shotgun approach. We're more of like a sniper approach. You know, like we're really looking for specificity and a narrow band of people that are doing the business of pickleball. We keep saying that, but that's really what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. We can't emphasize it enough, but, but it's true. I mean, it's a very dialed in approach. You know, the other side of it too, is just, you know, talking to people that are in the industry that don't know they're in the industry, you know, like yesterday talking to uh, that, that, you know, he's growing, a, you know, a service business around being a pro and, and consulting. He's actually consulting other private clubs. Uh, and stuff like that. And, you know, having the conversation with him in person, we were talking and, you know, it was almost like he had kind of like the realization, like, oh yeah, I'm in business doing this. You know, like this, I'm, I am in business doing this. This is, you know, it was, it's kind of like interesting, you know, it was more, it, it, I think a lot of people think of it still as like a lifestyle thing, which it is, but you're also in business doing it. So, and the more you can, you know, understand that and become good as an operator, whatever yeah. segment you're in, the better. So, and it's interesting. I, I think we're going to pick up a lot of professionals as pickleball grows, as pickleball, as the demand, the consumer demand for pickleball grows. We're going to pick up a lot of people that you said didn't even realize they were in the business or they could be in the business of pickleball. And that's one of the things that we want to highlight and somehow drive and connect with some people. Like I just mentioned earlier, a bar owner that put pickleball courts behind his, his bar. Okay, he's a bar owner. How many bar owners out there could could do this? And they don't even realize that this is an option or that they, they can do it, they should do it, that it could be profitable for them, another stream of revenue to add to their business. These are people that aren't in the pickleball industry currently, and they don't even know that they should be. But they should be. Yep, I agree. There's going to be like new uh, ideas and options that'll come to people. Like I said, there's really nothing new under the sun. There's just recombinations of existing successful patterns, but those patterns are going to be fun to watch and to see how people apply it and uh, have success with it. And if you are like, you know, we saw this thing happen, the same thing happened in the fitness industry pre COVID. There were a lot of people that, you know, were, were doing specific activities in the fitness industry and, I was a part of a couple of projects. They were trying to, I was advising on a couple of say, launching technology platforms for customized personal coaching, remote coaching on apps, right? And they were popular, but there was really only a couple of couple that really taking over the market. You know, fast forward, give, this event happens for a couple of years. That market exploded and it's the norm now in terms of how to actually go about getting in shape. A lot of people prefer to just, you know, download an app and use it on their phone. Now that that's something that you know that we nobody could have really predicted the, the acceleration of that. But again, coaches are now in a much better position. Uh, personal trainers are in a much better position to have a personal brand and to actually be able to deploy that technology. And there's a few people that are doing it already right now in pickleball that are positioning themselves as pickleball trainers, right? Yeah. So. All these things are going to be cool. We're talking about all of them and there'll be little opportunities for people to pick up and make their own version of it and, and deliver value to the marketplace and be paid and compensated for that so that they can continue to add value and grow and expand and do the things they want to do. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it. You know, if you if uh, anybody has any questions or whatever, you can always reach out to us at podcast at pickleballbrief.com is the email address. I know these uh, are a little bit rough cut right now, but we're working on getting together some, you know, some fancier stuff like intros and extras. I guess we're going to have the exploding logo and all that stuff. So any, anything you want to say about any of that stuff? We're focused on getting the information out the door for the readers getting it, creating the user experience, like we've talked about, frictionless, seamless user and reader experience and listener experience. And I'm sure, you know, a year from now, we'll look back on some of these things and think, oh man, we've come a long ways. But the, the most important part is to just start getting this information out there. And, you know, yeah, maybe we're not quite refined yet, but it'll come. Well, we're we're walking a fine line. I think our I think our um, values as a, as a you know company are in the right place. Our company values and our company mission and, and vision is in the right place. And what we're willing to do and not do is pretty clear uh, out of the gate here. And you know, there's that saying, you know, what is it? Perfect is the enemy of good. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not going. You're, what, what you're going to get is not going to be perfect out of the gate. We'll continue to refine. And we'll continue to develop and evolve over time. But what you will get will be really good. Like it'll be something you'll notice the difference. So that's my commitment to everybody. Yeah, I agree. I concur. All right, cool. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for your time and attention. We appreciate it. We know you're all busy. And uh, we're out there building a a thriving pickleball business. Well, we will catch you on the next podcast.